Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, we've got another real treat. This actor has been in such shows as Sons of Anarchy, um, National Treasure, Book of Secrets, Westworld, Snowpiercer, and his latest project with the wonderful Bruce Willis, It's American Siege. It's, of course, Timothy V. Murphy. Timothy, how are you, sir? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm Okay. Literally, I just got ready just as you called in for the interview. Literally sat down. Ah. I, I haven't had a chance chance for a coffee, but um, we'll we'll get this in- interview going because I'm so so excited and it's such a pleasure to have you on on the show. It really really is. Um, so before we start talking about your wonderful career, you know, this last two years have been challenging to say the least. Um, you know, how have you kept positive and how have you kept moving forward step by step? Well, um, I suppose financially I took a big hit like every actor because you can't work online, you know. But I mm. I have to do a, a couple of independent movies or projects um, which are great, you know, and I, I'm playing great characters and, and they were released this year, I suppose. Um as well as that, I think being an actor, you're used to uncertainty and you're used to, you know, what's the next job? I mean, right now I did a TV thing last week. I got two movie offers, but none of those are definite until you're on the set shooting. So you could mm. say right now I'm unemployed, you know, so I'm used. <laughs> so it's it's something that never gets easy, but I'm used to that kind of life, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's part and parcel of being an actor, I suppose, because, you know, you can have a great gig one second and then literally it's just end, end, endless auditions. But but a man of your talents, uh, with the amount of credits to your name, you obviously haven't been out of work for long. So uh, that's a great sign. I've read somewhere, I wanted to start the interview off because I can relate to this a lot. So I read somewhere that you suffered from a stutter from a young age and so did I I had speech therapy for like eight years God, for a yeah. stutter, and that and that was a reason why I started this show to challenge myself over the pandemic to not stutter and to be okay under pressure so if you could tell me a bit about your experience of of your life with your stutter or stammer as some people call it yeah um well I'm very proud of you doing that and fa- and facing the challenge I mean I remember going to college even and I did a public speaking course just to kind of wean my way out of it. At that stage, it seemed to be waning anyway, because I had a teacher in in high school or in secondary school that got me to read very slowly, you know, and then I became actually a very good reader. And um, uh, I think I got my I think I was just a nervous kid. I did have a very bad stutter. I am. uh, my ki- my brothers and sisters would call me Stutter Gob. You know, there were six of us, you know, big Irish family, a year apart, Irish twins, you know. So, you know, there were, there wasn't, even though we really love each other very much, there wasn't much charity in, in, in amongst us in the house. Um, I, I was the big brother and they'd call me Stutter Gob and they'd run to the 
you know, they, they'd run to the one room they could lock, which was the bathroom, you know. So it, it's it's funny looking back in it now. Going to school then, of course, you're teased. And I would prefer to uh, to not answer questions and not be embarrassed, you know, when the teacher would ask you questions. And I prefer to take a beating from the teacher than, uh, than be embarrassed to, to stand up, which because I, I have vivid memories of standing up and just knowing the answer, but just couldn't get it out and stuttering, you know. Uh, mm. But yeah, when I was, so I had it from an early age, but you know, when I was about, I don't know, 14 or something, then I, I did a written exam to go into the next grade in school and they, they couldn't believe that I did so good in the written exam because they thought I was stupid because uh, I wasn't answering any questions in class or anything. But um, eventually I think with confidence, I, I mean, I, I didn't, back then there was no speech therapy where I was from anyway, in my little town in the west coast of Ireland. And, and there was no, uh, you know, no real drama outlets either, you know, so, yeah. Mm, I mean, I, I found that, I mean, I went into drama and performing arts because I found that, you know, if I had a script, I wouldn't stutter at all. It was just weird. It was, you know, or sing a song. You don't, you don't stutter. And another interesting fact, I didn't know if you realised, but Bruce Willis suffered from a stutter as well i don't know if he still does but he also at a young younger age had a really bad stutter geez i never knew that i, I would have brought mm. it up with him actually i known that, mm. that that's very mm. yeah and and has has it completely gone now because i i still get my stutter back when either i'm tired or excited um it, you know yeah it's funny it don't, even people that wouldn't notice it but it does crop up every now and then for some reason, you know. Yeah, it I does. mean, I, 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 I can't say the word ch. So if I say Christopher, if I think about it and take a breath and 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 say it, I don't stutter with it. But if I've got to say Christopher off the, you know, off the bat, I literally yeah. go k k k k, and I I know I'm doing it. And it's so frustrating. It really is. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what rhyme or reason there is to it. I think it's, I think it's, I mean, obviously with some people, it, it it's, uh, I think with most people, it's it's psychological to tell you the truth because I grew out of it uh, because I think I got confidence later on, started dating mm. girls and the, um, uh, that I may not have had when I was younger, but uh, I really didn't research it or get into the, you know, the gist of it or anything. It just war away and look at and as you said i i think that the good thing about acting is you play characters that are not really i love playing characters i actually don't like playing people that are very close to myself that's why i like doing mm. accent or a bit like daniel day lewis when he develops a character or whatever i i i find a refuge in that where it, that allows me to be freer than i would be if i was playing close to myself Mm, mm. And you do play some amazing characters. You really, really do. And with over 120 credits yes. to your name, um, you know, literally from Fiddler on the Roof, um, should I say, because you started life as as a roofer, if I'm right in saying, one of your first I first did. jobs. I did. I mean, I, I was wor I was working here, you know, over here in the 80s, and I I did a number of different jobs, construction in New York, and. Uh, you know, roofing down in Florida, and uh, yeah, I, I, I've done, and as a kid, growing up in my little town in Tralee, 
I shoveled concrete and tended block layers every summer, you know. So, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then I went to college as well, of course. And then la- later on, uh, I I studied acting. Yeah, but that that wasn't until I was about twenty nine or something. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, when start starting out um, in the eighties, you know, wanting to break into this sort of career, you know, what was your biggest challenge? Because for an Irish person to come over from Ireland, be working in construction and roofing and, and, and everything like that, to break into to acting, I mean, what what did it for you? What was the biggest opportunity um, and the biggest achievement? Well, I, I didn't have any goal to break into acting. I remember coming out of college, there was, in 83 or something, there was no work in Ireland, even though I, I, I had a business degree, there was really no work. And... Even if there was, I was always very adventurous. You know, I wanted to, I didn't want to stay in my little town or I didn't want to even stay in my little island of Ireland. Uh, I had done a, a course in modern history that I loved and that gave me a love to this day of history and reading about history and reading about different peoples and cultures and everything. And um, a lot of it, a, a big portion of it was the history actually of the British Empire, which included Ireland and South Africa and Palestine, and and um, uh, and I I was going I found uh, South Africa quite fascinating with the the Zulus and the Afrikaners and all that, and uh, I wanted to go there for. Uh, uh, but a friend of mine, he said, "Look, if you go to America, I have a cousin there. I'll go with you." And I said, "Well, if you'll go with me, I suppose I might. We might as well try America." So, <laughs> it, in fact. My life has never been planned, to tell you the truth. I very much live in the moment, you know. So, I, I, you know, a lot of people hate me for that, but I, I definitely don't plan a lot or uh, much. In- I've got to mention your independent films because you said that you did a few independent films and I've got to say Looms is an absolute, such a powerful short film. I mean, if you could tell us a bit about it and what was it like to film because literally i was nearly in it tears was, at the end yeah it was one of my my favorite little movies to do we were we were still trying to make a feature film out of it um we've we've written a couple of drafts of the script and uh, the funk brothers and and uh, along with myself and uh but the these brothers they called me they're the funk brothers they lived here actually they sound like a rap group but they're not they're very jer- <laughs> jer- German American from the Midwest, you know, and uh, mm. their their uncle was the last of their of their family, the Funks, to be on this farm in Iowa, uh, in Osage, Iowa, after the land being in their family for over a hundred years. So they wanted to do an homage to their their uncle, basically, and they wanted me to play the uncle or a version of him. So uh, it was the coldest I've ever been. Um, because it was freezing cold with a strong wind and uh, and you're dressed just in, and in the clothes the farmers would wear, really, you know, uh, which if mm. you're not used to the damn cold. But um, uh, I would love to do a feature version of it. And uh, it was one of my uh, favorite projects, I must say. Yeah. Mm. And I recommend everyone to watch it. If you just Google it, Thank looms you. I'm, I'm, on the I'm Internet. Surprised. Yeah. It is. It's. It. It. It was amazing. I mean, it, the thing is, you don't realize how much work people have done. You know, you see the mainstream stuff, but you know, I'm. I'm a great. 
you know, supporter of independent movies because I think that sometimes you get more, I, I know, heart and guts in a independent than you would, you know, a big budget movie. Oh, I think the same. And the characters are much more interesting mm. for an actor. I, I've done a bunch of tea. My favorite medium is film and then uh, uh, television. Television right now is where, where the money is really, unless you're doing one of those silly superhero movies that's uh you know it, it's they're not my cup of tea i know i have friends that do them that are multi-millionaires you know but uh yeah as an actor um i don't think any actor goes into the business to be a super to do a superhero movie in fact my favorite superhero movie is a documentary about those english nerdy cave divers that saved all the kids in thailand a couple of years ago the oh, rest was amazing it was the that best superhero. Movie. Oh, do you know what? I literally cry my eyes out at the end of that. I mean, to think that these people that had a day job as like a dentist or a doctor were world-renowned cave di divers. And what they did, I just think, if they don't make a film out of that, I think, you know, it's all gone to pot because that would make an awesome, like, biopic film. It really would. It would It would be fantastic. I The, the, the fear I would have is that they will get some friggin' so-called movie stars that, you know, there's no such thing anymore. They seem to get these actors to do these things that aren't suited for these parts because very much it was revenge of the nerds, you know, the, the Navy SEALs, the, 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 the big, the big Navy SEALs in America couldn't go in there and do it. The Thai Navy SEALs couldn't do it. And these bunch of little, you know, cave divers that just do it every weekend were the guys they called it was amazing amazing mm, 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 def definitely and again that's on disney plus here in the uk for the uk viewers um and it's a great documentary so timothy how do you choose your roles i mean you know is there any roles that you've ever turned down um but how do you choose them I, I mean, I have turned down roles, uh, not big roles really, but I have turned down roles uh, if I have if I have enough money to turn them down. Right now, I have to feed a family. Like, I have two kids and my wife, and basically, right now, that's my priority. You know, I'm, I'm lucky that I can make a living as an actor and do that. So, um, uh, if I mean, every actor is going to do good movies and bad movies or, you know, different movies or whatever. But I think the main the main reason if, if, if you're supporting a family is you have to work. So I wouldn't turn down that many movies, but I have on the movies because I've had plenty money at the time and they weren't good movies and I didn't need the money type of thing, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm, mm. And, and I was going to ask if your approach to this profession of acting has changed since you've 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 got kids and you're married and you settled down i mean has it changed a lot from before and you know does it concern you you know being an actor and 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 going from job to job i mean are you planning on a side business um to have just just in case um no i i never plan on a side business really uh because uh, um I've, i'm always confident i'm gonna get a job I've had a couple of lean years and uh, I lost a big commercial contract in, in, in England that was quite a cushy little gig for a while. Um, 
I was replaced by, uh, you know, when, when all the, the, I don't know, um, political correctness came in, I think, uh, hmm. the, things changed, you know, it, it wasn't cool having, a, 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 I'd say, a mid commercial anymore, if you know what I mean. So, um, mm. but uh, generally, um, no, I, uh, my, my family, they have, my brother has, uh, has partnered with this biotech company to extract all the goodness out of seaweed. And the company is called Nutramara, but they have health and beauty products they're going to be coming out with. And uh, I'm not doing a plug. I you just asked me the question. <laughs> so, uh, but it's it, it's just an it's it's just a, a very and um, I've shared it with the brothers. So I'm I'm pushing it over here a bit in the hope, obviously, that uh, mm. it will bear fruit down down the road and help uh, feed my children if acting does dry up. But uh, and you know you do commercials like I'm kind of the face of this whiskey over here, um, McConnell's Irish whiskey. Uh, so you do those things. You have to, of course, to feed the family. But uh, acting, really, I haven't really veered away from acting whatsoever. No, would be the uh, yeah the short answer. <laughs> and you've travelled quite quite a lot for your job. Uh, you've you've shot in so many locations. Where's been? Where has been your favourite location to shoot? Um, I remember shooting MacGruber. I've been, I've shot New Mexico a bunch of times, you know, and Arizona, um, Sterns. But I read a book one time, and it, it, it was like it said the hundred things you should do before you die, right? And one of them was riding a horse through Canyon the Shea which is like the Grand Canyon with with a Navajo guide, you know, that because it's it's nav on Navajo land and you have to go in there with a Navajo uh, Native American from that tribe uh, in northern Arizona. And uh, it made all of his big westerns like the searchers with John Wayne and all that in Monument Valley. It's around that area. But uh, riding through canyon the shade with uh, a navajo guide was friggin amazing i must say you know and uh, and then i i opened the arctic circle another time which was uh an ama- the reason i did it wasn't because of the movie but it was just the opportunity to go up to the arctic circle base <laughs> but I, that I, sounds... I, and, I, and not too long ago i shot in mexico a little town called tapostlan which is called a magical town. It's one of these, like, they say, you know, there's vortexes if the new age people and all that would be, know all about that. But um, uh, quite an amazing, beautiful place. I love Mexico and it's people. It gets the bad rap uh, because of the cartels. But uh, uh, it's just such an amazing country with amazing people, you know. Oh, that sounds awesome. You know what? I've always, I've been to Mexico for my honeymoon, but... I would love to explore the places where, you know, tourists don't go. And definitely um, horseback riding sounds an absolute treat. So let's talk about your latest project, which is American Siege, which is available now to rent, um, you know, on demand. It's an awesome film. uh, So congratulations. Um, It's with Bruce Willis and a lot of awesome other actors. If you could tell us a bit about your character, and a bit about the film. 
the film basically it's a, a, a girl went missing a long time ago and um, this guy gets out gets out of jail and find what happened to her and uh, he was her boyfriend at the time and her sister gets involved and another guy gets involved and they they think that they, the head of the town which is me I kind of run everything in the town um, has something to do with it so they go to a uh, my chemist or whatever I'm, I'm like i'm basically a, a drug dealer in the town but the whole town is working for me behind the scenes you know and uh, a doctor and i have to uh, basically shut them up so and i i hire bruce willis and uh, this other kid to take care of the job for me you know when i hear but my son gets kidnapped then and uh, so it's I'm I'm trying to punish these these people my employee my doctor and also kidnap my son and uh, I'm hoping Bruce Willis will do the job and he uh, as far as I'm concerned he lets me down in in the job you know so uh, but I'm basically the big bad guy in town and Bruce Willis is kind of an anti-hero in a way you know so <laughs> and the first thing viewers will notice about your character is your accent i mean how how easy is it to do accents in these movies i mean for for, for example your accent in Amer american siege uh would i say it's like a southern accent yeah it, it is mm. definitely i was i was down and i mean i base it on, on you know uh, on a number of different accents down there um and we shot it in fitzgerald a little town in south georgia it's such an you talk about interesting places to go i shot another movie there actually with bruce willis as well in this little town called fitzgerald and you know i'd never seen cotton fields you you hear about them as we grew up you know mm -hmm. watching tv and movies in ireland and england with you know the slaves picking cotton and the civil war and all that so to stand in the middle of a cotton field in Georgia was just an amazing experience. And then I talked to an actor friend of mine, LaMonica uh, Garrett, who's in uh, 1883, and uh, he had a similar experience. It was his first time in the South, not in this particular town, but standing in the middle of a cotton field. And obviously the feeling for him was a lot raw, more raw and mm. visceral was for me, you know, so... Uh, um yeah so yeah i i uh, i worked on that accent uh, i got the call very much last minute and the movie was made in a couple of weeks basically by ed who who did an amazing job directing something in about two weeks and uh, i got a call about a week beforehand to come in and do the the gig so i hadn't a lot of time to prepare but um yeah it was fun i enjoyed it you know you did a stellar job as always and you've probably get asked this quite a, a bit but what was it like playing opposite bruce willis because i suppose he's like an action sort of legend from the 80s and 90s yeah and what was the question uh, what what was it like working opposite bruce willis i mean i presume he's a nice guy he is he's a nice guy it, you know it's it's amazing to be you know, growing up watching, you know, not, not that we're much different in age, really, but he obviously had a big breakout career when he was young. You know, 
I, I remember being in, in New York, I think, back, way back in the 80s, and going into this bar called Cafe Central, I think it was called, and Bruce and this guy Steve worked there, and they've, they've remained buddies since then, and I, I went into that bar, didn't know them at the time, and it was before he even did Moonlighting, I think, and uh, on another movie we did called Breach, and he was he was him man. We were there at the time, you know. So uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it, and I wasn't acting or anything. I was worked in construction in New York with no idea of acting or anything. So uh, mm. uh, no, it was great. It, it's it's great to be you know. It's great to be acting opposite a a big movie star who was who was part of your movie going mm. experience uh, when you were younger. You know. So. Mm. Have you have, have you got a favorite um, actor that you've played opposite? Well, I love Ed Harris. Like I, uh, Ed mm. and my set. Like I've done two movies with him now, and I did Westworld as well. But I didn't act with Ed in Westworld, and he was always an actor that I loved his work. You know, so the the chance to work with him on National Treasure too. But then I remember I I went in and read for Appaloosa, and uh, he called me. I remember on on Labor Day weekend, and uh, he said. Murph, I want you to come out here and, uh, and and work with us in this movie, you know. So that that was really uh, I I jumped up. I don't you usually get excited, you know, but mm. to be doing a west to be doing a western with Ed in New Mexico uh, back then was like uh, I yeah that really excited me, and I was yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, your IMDb is packed with so many good roles, from Criminal Minds to Westworld to SWAT, but. Who, what role do you get recognized the most for? I would say, I would say, let me see, um, Sons of Anarchy and Criminal Minds would be the, the two that I re- that I get recognized most for, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And, and Sons of Anarchy, I, I, I've got a few questions on that in, in a moment. Um, but, um, what I was going to ask next, let's talk about um, Snowpiercer, because you play Commander Grey, and Snowpiercer is currently in the third season. Um, and I've got a, a, a question here from a Katie Lester. Uh, she wanted to know, um, what do you think Commander Grey would think of Ruth now in season three, um, being with Pike, you know, having a romantic uh, connection with Pike? Um, Commander Gray would not like that because he never liked Pike. You know, he he was like Commander Gray is more regimental, more of a fascist in a lot of ways, and I think Pike is more of an anarchist. So they're very much very different. So the I I would think she Pike. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's what. Yeah, and tell her uh, say uh, hello to her because. Um, I know her from Twitter, and she seems like a lovely girl, Katie. Actually, you know. So. <laughs> I will do. I will do. Um, I mean, Commander Gray. I've got to say, is just an awesome, uh, you know, role to have. Um, I mean, what was it like playing such a calculated character on the show? It was great. I loved it. Actually, um, it was in Vancouver, so that's only like two hours away flight from from LA, basically. Um, and then they'd fly you up, they put you into a hotel, and I would only shoot maybe two days a week, or maybe I'd shoot one day, and then they'd fly me home again. So I I was, you know, 
it was great work and I'm it didn't take me away from my family for a long time I don't like being away from my family since they're young kids uh, longer than three weeks so uh, the mm. fact that I was um, able to fly up and down and do that role pre-COVID thank God um, was fantastic and it was such a great role I loved I relished playing that role actually so uh, yeah it was great and, fun and social media is being buzzing because because apparently we don't see you on screen actually die. So, you know, is there a chance that, that, that you know, Nolan Gray could make a surprise comeback? Uh, could that be in the works? I mean, would you like to go back and play Commander Gray? I think it'd be great fun, actually, to go back. You know, maybe he was living in an igloo for a while, you know, and uh, he comes back and takes over the train. Uh that would be fun, but as as far as I know, he's he's dead. But you know, nobody knows because as uh, you know, mm. with these TV shows, they can do anything. But uh, yeah, and you don't ever see him actually being killed or whatever, you know. But mm. if you look at West, if you look at Westworld, you could come back anytime, or you could be a robot anytime, you know. <laughs> Which I, I, in a way, kills the suspense of the of the series. That oh. He's not really dead. He can come back, you know. So, but but that would be a perfect show to be on as an actor because they could kill you off and you could be back uh, the next season. So I couldn't let you go without talking about Sons of Anarchy because this is one of these shows that has been around for years now and the fandom for it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And your character is absolutely awesome in it. You play Galen O'Shea, and. It's just awesome. What was it like working on that show? Because it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite shows, by the way. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it was like Western Sound would become very popular and you couldn't get them made the, uh, reset up a few years ago. You know, now I think you're going to see a lot of Westerns being made. And the Sons of Anarchy was really a Western in modern times on motorcycles. Mm -hmm. So, um, I love playing it. I love playing the bad guy. You know, it, it's it was it, it also was such a cool show. I mean, it, for for the the gang of bikers like uh, you know Tommy Flanagan and Charlie Hunnam and David Labrava and and the and the rest of the guys, uh, Kim Coates and Tio Rossi and the, uh, but for those guys, they all lived in L.A. They get up in a summer morning, they jump on their bikes, they ride to work. And then they'd ride home again. I mean, it couldn't be a better job for an actor. And uh, and then the fact that it was cool, it had a, a huge cool quality about it. It was the show to be on and uh, to come in and be playing the, the nemesis of this biker gang and taking no shit from them was uh, was uh, it was a great role. I loved it. It was, it was great fun to do, you know. And your character arc throughout the show was was great. I mean, have you got a favorite moment? Of filming on that show there there was lots of them but i i think one great one actually was uh there was one little line where i say hands off or something you know to to charlie hunnam and and, uh, and in the next scene i'm after cutting the hands off uh of two of his uh his um his gang members you know so uh it, it was and in fact in that scene in that scene, I 
got this guy. He's a Harley dealer in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I had to go down and make an appearance. You know, they, they pay you to go down and make an appearance at, at, at the dealership. And uh, I was out to dinner with him, uh, you know, a few months afterwards. And, uh, and my buddy said, uh, you know, he, he, he said, is there any way I could be on the Sons of Anarchy? You know, to be great for my business. And I said, no, it's a hit show. I couldn't get you on. And my buddy <laughs> said, what about it? What about as an extra? And he says, yeah, yeah. And uh, but I have to be seen, he says on it. I have to be, you know. So um, my buddy says, so what would you do for Tim? You know, would you give him a Harley Davidson? You know, and he says, yeah, I'd give him a, Har a new Harley. You know, so uh, I, wow. I, 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 so I called the boys in, in the in the thing. I didn't say anything about the the deal I made if, uh, about the Harley Davidson, but I got him on as one of my heavies. I told him stand right next to me because I knew I was going to be getting a lot of close-ups with you know my seven Charlie. It was a, like a, a head-to-head, -head. and um, uh, he was delighted. Of course, he thought he actually he was a bit. He looked a bit heavy in camera, you know. But uh, I mean, he that he got a huge amount of close-ups. So I got my Harley Davidson, which I'm still riding to this day, you know. That is an awesome deal. You can't get better than that, can you? You really can't. I mean, I mean the show itself. I mean, you're you you play part of uh, the Irish Kings, um, and obviously, again, your accent is slightly slightly different. You see, half of my family are from Northern Ireland, so oh, I'm off. Off Irish, would you say? Um, still, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if someone's from Northern I Ireland. Are they still classed as Irish, or are they classed as Northern Irish? <laughs> no, they're. I mean, they're, they'd be well. Who, who? I mean, to each their own. But I would class them as Irish. Anyone born on <laughs> Irish soil, I think, is Irish. You know. <laughs> yes, but I've never been to Northern Ireland. Believe it or not, I've been to Dublin once. Um, yeah, but I'd love to go round Ireland. It's just ab absolute glorious place. I mean, it looks beautiful, uh, and and yeah. So that is my my plans once the pan pandemic is over. Um, so what's okay. next for you? Because I I see some awesome pictures of you on Instagram from the Redeemer, and I've got to say yeah. you are sporting a moustache and a beard that you know I think is is stunning. <laughs> Yeah, I, I grew that and I, I was getting another job and I thought I might have to shave it off. But then that fell through. So I kept the beard and mustache. And I, I wanted that look for it, you know. And uh, so mm. The Redeemer, that's a Western it's coming out. I did a, a golfing movie about, um, about uh, you know, the first really great female African-American golfer in the 50s and the racism that went along with it. So that was... That was quite good fun. I shot that in uh, in Florida last year, and I shot the Redeemer around close to Christmas in 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 uh, where did I shoot the Redeemer in Montana, which was amazing. And then I have um, another movie, a kind of dark gothic horror kind of thing. I don't even want to call it a horror because it is isn't really, but it's it's along those lines. Um, that's called Apophenia. And that one is also will be also coming out this year, and uh, I got a, an offer of two movies, but I I'll see if they happen or not because it seems to happen right now where you get offers for movies and then a couple of months down the road people uh, they don't materialize for whatever reason. But uh, 
I have, yeah, about three projects coming out and uh, two more potential projects coming up, which is great, you know. Mm. I mean, we talk about the fans and, I, I, you know, I'm sure that the fans would absolutely love to get a chance to meet you in person. I mean, do you ever do conventions or have you got any conventions planned? Uh, I don't usually go to that many conventions. I went to a couple of them years ago when I was doing this just after the Sons of Anarchy finished. And um, But I haven't really... I'm not sure if I even have an agent for uh, for, for those uh, things. But um, yeah, they were all closed down because of the pandemic. Hopefully this bloody mm. thing is over and done with, you know. And we can go back to normal. But uh, certainly, you know, if there was a demand, I would... Uh, I would love to go to some conventions over in uh, London or England and 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 Europe in general. It'd be fun, you know. Yeah, and it's a good excuse to bring bring the family family for a, a nice, nice hol- holiday at the same yep. time. So, yeah, when I was when I was doing Quantico, it, they they shot two episodes in Ireland, so I brought the whole family over, and then I did a big speech on my birthday, on in front of Strongbow's tomb in Christchurch in Ireland. So that was an amazing experience because Strongbow was the Norman knight who uh, who was, who invaded uh, from England and brought uh, started the English invasion of Ireland, basically, 600 years <laughs> ago or whatever. So to, to be given a big speech on my birthday uh, over his tomb, uh, but not mentioning him, of course, was uh, that was, and having the family there was fantastic. You know, So I, I'd love to get over whether I'd be shooting in England or because I shot uh, what the bastard executioner in Wales after the Sons of Anarchy, and uh, so any chance to go over near home and shoot, I would love, of course. You know, oh, that's awesome. And what's your end goal in your career? I mean, do you have an end goal? You know, awards, work. Um, I I don't have any end goal. As I said, I have two young kids. I would just like to stay you know healthy and happy and and uh, with with enough money to survive uh, until you know I'll I'll still be going until I'm pushed into the grave basically you know so uh, <laughs> there, there, there's definitely going to be no retirement and uh, you know I love life and I, I I get a great kick out of my family and uh, um and I love my work so <laughs> I would like uh, yeah, I would obviously love to play that farmer that I from Iowa, and uh, I would love to play the lead. As as you know, uh, I like my favorite movies is are like a man alone in the wilderness or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. the old man in the sea, or, or you know, Jeremiah Johnson years ago that Robert Redford did, or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think is it Into the Wild, which was an awesome mo- movie as well. That was directed exactly. by Sean Penn, yeah. That was great. Or, you know, there's a character, Tom Crean, and uh, there's a lot of interest on the Shackleton expedition back in, was it 1914 or something? And uh, um, down to the, the South Pole, down to the Antarctic, you know. So Scott and Amundsen and Shackleton. But there was uh, a distant cousin of mine, Tom Crean, from Kerry, who was on all the vi- voyages. And there's a book uh, about him called Unsung Hero. And he was really an amazing character. And I would, you know, if, if we ever, we were trying at one stage to make a movie on his life or his, on, on the expeditions in the Antarctic. And uh, that would be a great project as well that I would love to do. You know? 
That sounds awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we get these wonderful superhero movies and big budget movies, but there's so many great stories out there left left to be told. And there's nothing, you know, nothing better than watching a, a great story and great characters. Um, so fingers crossed that that will happen. But Timothy, you've been a great guest. I'll let you get on with your lovely day in the sunshine. I'm very jealous. Um, and And all the best and look after yourself, sir. Brian, it was fantastic talking to you. I'm delighted I did it. Take care, man. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. My world, let me talk.